Invesco QQQ believes new innovations create new opportunities. Here's to greater possibilities together. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to the United States Air Force Academy. I always say I'm not here to make friends, but I am making an exception tonight for the incredible cadets and airmen we have with us tonight right here. From the Canyon of Wall Street to 7,258 feet above sea level. I want to help you make some money. Are you ready? They secure our skies with a commitment to the shared ideals that bind us as Americans. Now, Mad Money takes flight to help give them the tools to secure their financial future. A place where the sky was never the limit. Where falcons fly. This is life at a different altitude. We are here to celebrate those who fly, fight, win. From the United States Air Force Academy, mile high, Mad Money begins now. Let's fly. We're getting a head start on Veterans Day at a great institute of learning, the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, where we salute the brave men and women in the armed forces who protect our country. These people right here will go on to be natural leaders with a passion for keeping our nation safe. And passion is a terrific thing. I met people this morning who have a passion for jumping out of airplanes, an interesting opportunity that I politely declined. I've met people who are learning to fly our planes to wherever American power needs to be projected around the globe. And we thank them for, our, for all that they do. We thank them for their service. Now, look, passion comes in all shapes and sizes. And Americans know my passion is to teach money, how to preserve it, how to grow it. Now, it's too soon for many people here to start talking about investing. They've got a big job to do. In fact, this morning I asked a bunch of ladies and gentlemen if they spent any time thinking about stocks. It was right before they were about to toss themselves into a plane to parachute out. One candidate quickly reminded me that no, he wasn't thinking right then about money. He was thinking about jumping out of a plane. That fellow's got his priorities straight. But I got my priorities too. I want to say that I'm here to defend and protect your savings. But that may be landing on a little thick. Let's just say I'm your volunteer investing coach and leave it at that. After a sedate fade for the averages where the Dow inched up six points, S&P rose 0.26%, NASDAQ advanced 0.48%. I need to talk about something that's been nagging at me for days now. See, earlier this week, earlier this week, this terrific kid, this 10-year-old kid, his name was Luca. And he called me and he said, you know what, Mr. Kramer, I want to buy Dave and Buster's. Now, the chats the chamber, every location, a restaurant combined with a sports bar, combined with an arcade. I told him, look, I can't recommend it. When my daughter was Luca's age, my dad and I would take her to a Dave & Buster's on a pier in Philly, not far from where my dad lived. We would lose fortunes trying to pick up a 20-cent trinket with one of those crab claw things, you know, like... Hey, what kind of job is that? I don't know. I mean, it was, to me, a big waste of time. Now, look, I like Dave & Buster's, the concept. It has a legitimate reason for being. It's part of what we call the experiential economy. But a funny thing happened to the experiential economy thesis. It turns out that cruises, glamping, oh, by the way, that's glamour camping, and yes, Dave & Buster's, while they may offer great experiences, doesn't necessarily translate into earnings power. To say nothing of staying power with the consumer. Right, so the last time Dave and Buster's reported guidance missed numbers, the stock was poleaxed. 
We've seen the same thing with some of these cruise lines, particularly, unfortunately, Carnival, because it's a really well-run institution, and camping. I mean, don't even get me started. So if Dave & Buster's is off the table, what kind of stock would be right for a 10-year-old like Luca? I always say, don't overthink it. If you got a kid, you should buy that kid's shares in Walt Disney. Last night, Disney reported a sharply better than expected quarter and gave you a very bullish forecast for its upcoming streaming video service. That's called Disney+. Plus. And that's why the stock jumped more than 3% today. At one point, the stock was over back 140. When you're buying stock for a young kid, you should go with the stock of a company they know. Now, I personally can't think of a brand children know better than Disney. Now, you need that personal knowledge. Why? Okay, this is the most, one of the most important parts of investing that I teach. Because stocks go down. Disney something tangible. You can see it. You can figure out if something's really wrong or not. You can go to the theme parks. You can watch the movies. You can get it. Here's the real difficult. It's entirely possible the story could go off the rails at some point. And the really great CEOs, like Disney's Bob Iger, they know this. That's why when you buy something for a long-term commitment, you need a company that's not going to become obsolete. And that's one reason I, I, I can't cut up to, to this, uh, Dave & Buster's. It's not a fount of innovation. But Disney, with an incredibly ambitious Disney Plus plan and a stable of ridiculously popular franchises, just listen to what Iger had to say on the conference calls that I always tell you to listen to. And I quote, I talk about the inevitability of change, our ability to both drive it and adapt to it. It's part of Disney's DNA, and it helps keep us relevant to each new generation, also creating new opportunities for growth, end quote. If you want a long-term investment, you need a company with a leader and a culture that embraces change and triumphs over adversity. Oh, and let me add that Iger knows the future belongs to smart, young, tough people, people like those in this room, which is why Disney's hired 10,000 veterans since 2012. More on that later. All right, who else fits the bill? Listen, when you're young, you have a lot of opinions, and you have a lot of options. You can invest in companies with tremendous long-term prospects and then wait for them to pay off. Now, do you know what the most incredible thing I have seen in recent years when it comes to technology is? And technology is unbelievable. AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Voice is now king. Specifically, technology lets machines understand what we're saying. Talk about Alexa, Erica, whatever. Do you know what powers the best machine learning? It's NVIDIA, NVDA, NVIDIA semiconductors. Not only can machines powered by NVIDIA learn, they understand idiom. I think they're the future. So for anyone out there under 30, including the cadets here in this academy, you want some NVIDIA. That's led by HBR's man of the year, Jensen Wong, one of the most brilliant CEOs in our country. Don't get me wrong. When you're just starting to build a portfolio, your first step should never be to buy individual stocks, even great ones like Disney and NVIDIA. Instead, you should put some money in an index fund as a bedrock retirement investment. But you know what? I believe people can multitask. The bottom line, once you've got your index fund exposure, here's an idea. Buy some Disney. Buy some Disney because of the brand, because of the leadership. Buy some NVIDIA because it's the best technology I have ever seen with my own eyes. Just like the people at the U.S. Air Force Academy represent our future, our future protection, and our defense, your portfolio needs some protection and some defense, too. And that's what those stocks are for. Let's take some questions. Yes, sir. Hey, Jim. Ryan Kirk here from Birmingham, Alabama. Right. I had a question following your 5G technologies conversation from yesterday. We hear a lot from Amazon and SpaceX about broadband from space. Do you think there's any smaller players that are worth watching out for as we get the next billion people Marvel online? Marvel technology is 100% 5G. It's reconfigured itself in the last two years. Gotten out of every low-end commodity business. Gotten new. Its chairman is a guy named Rick Hill. He's just money. So I have to tell you that Marvell Tech, even after a 6% run, is the one to buy. Uh, I do like Skyworks. They're going to pour it in a couple of days. They're going to be a good job. Liam Griffin is excellent. But you see, he plays for the Patriots, and he also, he just loves the Patriots. It drives me crazy. And a lot of times, he's on the other side of me in fantasy football. It's Marvell Tech. Hey, Jim. Brandon yeah. Van Meter here from Klamath Falls, Oregon. Uh, what's the from best Klamath Falls? Yes, sir. My daughter lived there. Oh, wow. Yeah, she went to Oregon Institute of Technology, and then she went to, uh, uh, to uh, SOU, Southern Oregon University. Gotcha. Um, what's the best profile mix for people within the age range of 19 to 25? I want you to be as aggressive as possible. I would buy a biotech. I would buy a machine learning company. I buy a company that is doing uh, 
let, let's say something really fancy with uh, with the data center because there's a lot of those that are doing a lot of good good data center stuff. And then you know, look, you might want to do. Uh, I'm going to just mention one. Uh, a, a Beyond Meat. I know that sounds like whole gym. It's totally overvalued. Blah blah blah. Or one of these companies like Pinterest. That would be a nice mix. We mentioned Square earlier. That, I, mean, I mentioned Square. Square's very good. What I don't want you to do is buy Kellogg or Campbell's Soup or. You know, I don't want you to buy General Mills. I don't want you to buy Kraft Heinz. Got your whole life ahead of you. Yes. How are you doing, Jim? I'm uh, Brendan Schoen from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, my question for you is, with the recent rebound of the biotech index, would you suggest stepping in now or waiting for a pullback? The lack of pipeline by the large pharmaceutical companies leads me to believe that uh, it's, uh, it has legs and willing to work right now. You know, look, I think it, you know, we just talked about what could be good biogen. If they have that Alzheimer's drug and it works and the FDA, FDA seems it does, it's a triple. Not even a double. It could be a triple for one of them. If they don't, it's going to lose 100 points. Not so great either. I think Regeneron is a very, very good company. Uh, I like this. Uh, uh, there's a couple of combinations of companies. Uh, but let me give you Bristol-Myers Celgene. That deal's going to close in a few weeks. That's probably the best of all these. Bristol-Myers Celgene will just be BMY. All right, your portfolio needs some future protection and defense. That's why you invest in stocks and companies that can triumph over adversity. On a very special Veterans Day edition of Mad Money, coming to you from the United States Air Force Academy. America's armed forces keep us safe and are guarantors of the freedom that we so often take for granted. Tonight, I'm highlighting companies that are doing their part to honor those who protect and serve. Then roughly 40% of the S&P reported this week, online one major theme that I spotted in the retail space this earnings season. But first, it's a company that's hired 26,000 veterans and military spouses, and it can give your portfolio a jolt while it's at it. Don't miss my exclusive interview with the CEO of Starbucks as we salute our brave service men and women on this very special edition of Mad Money. Stay with Kramer! Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Hey, say what's happening, man? Tip T.I. Harris right here, the king good. Welcome to 10 Songs That Made Me, a new show that invites artists and influencers to explore 10 of the tracks that made them who they are today, as creators and as people. You'll hear the soundtrack to my life in the very first episode, but make sure to tune in every week for new episodes. Follow and listen for free, only on Spotify. a Marine Corps brat. So my stepdad is a Marine. Um, I also have a brother that is currently in the Marine Corps and my spouse was in the Army. He's a veteran now. It's a wonderful feeling to just be able to support the people that are in the military and have a place for them to come where they feel welcome because it's hard to feel at home when you're always moving around. I am a 26-year Army spouse. My husband retired from the Army about three and a half years ago. As a military spouse, um, one of the things that I most often had to do as we moved was reinvent myself. So when I started with Starbucks and store managers and regional directors all said, we can move this job with you, um, that was huge. And that was definitely an incentive when we started with the military initiative and we dedicated the store to talk to spouses that were looking for that career portability. People don't understand how hard it is to be a military spouse sometimes. I go through many hardships overcoming things that most people won't know unless they're military spouses. When you are moving and you're a spouse of military, like you never have to worry about losing your job. You always have a place to be and a place to go with Starbucks. We're here at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. 
for Veterans Day weekend, something you know I care passionately about, I think it's important to point out that companies that hire lots of veterans tend to be companies that are well-run. More on that later. For now, I want to talk about Starbucks, which, you know, has done more to support vets than nearly any other company I follow. Last year, the coffee shop chain committed to hiring 25,000 veterans by 2025, and they recently hit that goal six years ahead of schedule. Now, Starbucks has given up that kind of long-term forecast. They're simply planning to hire 5,000 vets per year. And they're not doing this out of charity. That's what's really important. Listen to me. They're doing it because former service members tend to be phenomenal hires. Do not take it from me. Let's hear from Kevin Johnson, the president and CEO of Starbucks, to learn what his company's doing for vets. And also, let's find out what's going on in Starbucks itself. Mr. Johnson, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to see you, Kevin. Have a seat. Real. Well, Jim, we've got some Starbucks partners who proudly wear the green apron. These are veterans and military spouses, and they're wearing the patriotic apron uh, Starbucks. Congratulations to them, and thank you for your service. Your company does not talk. You walk about hiring veterans. Too many people sit right there, and they tell me, yeah, we've got a commitment. You do more than that. You, have an, you make it so that these people are the most, I, I say, that this is the real path for greatness, put food on the table, but also move up in the organization. Talk about the 25,000 vet military spouse, what you did and what you're doing now. Well, this idea to hire veterans and military spouses came from Starbucks partners who were veterans and military spouses in 2013. In Starbucks, they formed a group called the Armed Forces Network. They got together and they noticed there were a lot of veterans who had served multiple tours of duty who were returning to the United States and returning to civilian life. And they said, we can do something to create jobs and opportunity for these veterans. Now, in 2013, we had Secretary of Defense Bob Gates on our board. And so, in classic Howard Schultz style, with encouragement from Bob, uh, he embraced this idea, and we set a goal for ourselves to hire 25,000 veterans and military spouses. We now are above 26,000, and we're at a run rate of uh, more than 5,000 a year. And, Jim, they make us a better company. And you have 62 military family stores. Tell us about that. Well, our our Armed Forces Network of Starbucks partners also suggested, let's build some special Starbucks stores near military bases where service personnel uh, are stationed and their families, because this gives them a place to create community community with one another, but also communities uh, that they're a part of. And so we now are at 62 of these military family stores. We bring veteran services organizations in on occasion in these stores to help connect veterans with the services that are available to them. And we're now on a path to probably build over, uh, we'll have over 130 of these stores in the next two or three years. Now, Kevin, you look at numbers every day. Yes, let's cheer for that. My bad, my bad. Wrong moment. How do those stores do versus the company average? Well, those stores perform, uh, if not at the company average, I think most of them perform above company average. Those are the classic definition of the third place experience where we bring communities together. You also are talking about adopting a unit. You're doing 80 hours of military service pay. These are all things that are so far ahead of every other company. I want you to tell them, and then we're going to shame all the other CEOs for not doing it, okay? All right, Jim. Tell us about the Adopt a Unit, which I think is fantastic. Well, this is where, you know, we have uh, units deployed overseas, and one of the things we want to do is make sure they have good coffee. And so we have, we have contributed, I don't know, millions and millions of, uh, of free coffee to, uh, to our service personnel who are, who are on deployment. And we adopt them, and we, we keep them in good supply of uh, coffee. Uh, on our show, we care passionately about mental health. We actually celebrated, because we don't mind being out talking about it, May, Mental Health Month. You're the only company I ever heard is willing to actually address this issue. I'm not kidding. Front and center. Mental health commitment for veterans. Well, we had uh, Starbucks partners sort of raise this topic uh, to us just in the last couple of years. Not only for veterans, but, uh, but also just the one in five Americans uh, are suffering from some form of, uh, of uh, mental health issue. It could be as simple as stress and anxiety. It could be depression. And certainly 
for those veterans who, who return uh, from multiple tours of duty, you know, oftentimes they have some unique needs. So as a company, we have announced uh, extending our health care benefits to include mental health and well-being. And much of this is about breaking the stigma of mental health. It's encouraging right. people to say it's okay to ask for help, and we're going to make sure that we work together to, to break that stigma and that we provide those services for all our Starbucks partners and especially our military veterans. That's why I know you and I both believe that business can be the greatest force for change in our society. I want to speak about the stock for a second. It kept us down from uh, 99 to 81. I think it's ridiculous. It's almost as if no one listened to that last call. You had a reacceleration on every key line. You have told me that when the stock is a little irrational, you have enough capital to be in there buying it if they won't. Is this an opportunity for Starbucks to retire some stock? Well, Jim, I think on our earnings call, we also said that we'd return $21 billion of the $25 billion we've uh, committed to our shareholders. And so they, we've got $4 billion of cash that we are going to return to our shareholders in the form of dividends and buybacks. And I'd say right now is the time to back up the truck and there's, buy that stock. You better be careful. That is a phrase that people use only when they know that there's a bottom. <laughs> I want to give you, because I know how much, and I I want you to do, no, I typically not do this, to speak for Howard. That's a dangerous thing. Howard never liked me speaking for him. Just tell people how you feel, because I know that I don't want this to be finished, and you say to yourself, you know what, why didn't Jim just give me a chance to address them? Well, first of all, it's an honor to be here uh, at the Air Force Academy. And uh, to be able to be, spend time and have lunch with these cadets and be a part of uh, the experience that's created here. And for me to also host some of our Starbucks partners to be a part of this is fantastic. And so thank you to you and CNBC and thanks to, uh, to the Air Force Academy for hosting us today. It's and fantastic. They're up and they're, do, they, do they have our holiday cups? Here they are. When do we see our holiday cups? Jim. We set our stores Wednesday night. Holiday cups hit yesterday, and I got to say, day one was pretty good. Really? Oh yeah. And roastery? Uh, we've got uh, roastery on the horizon. You know, we're going to open the largest Starbucks in the world next week in Chicago. You going? In, in a stunning, stunningly designed Starbucks store in an iconic building on Michigan Avenue. All right. And well, I will be there. All right. I hope to get a little TV from that. And I want to thank you for everything you do. And I do again, CEOs out there. He just laid it out for you. Just go do it. Kevin Johnson, CEO of Starbucks. Stick with Kramer. Hi, I'm Chief Bill Doyle. I'm deployed here at Camp Lemonnier in Djibouti, Africa. I'd like to give a shout-out to my wife and three kids, Jill, Grant, Grace, and Gabby. They're all back in Colorado Springs. I'd also like to give a shout-out to all the veterans that are watching, and thank you for your service. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Binge on 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, and everything from hit movies to the latest news, comedy, live sports, and more. Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, or Fire TV and start watching now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. While we're here at the Air Force Academy celebrating Veterans Day, okay, a little ahead of schedule, I want to point out that there are better ways of honoring the brave men and women who fought for our country than telling them how great they are. All right, there's nothing wrong with a handshake and a thank you for your service. But it's got nothing on a handshake and a you're hired. So tonight I'm urging you to buy the stocks of companies that make a point of aggressively hiring veterans. Not because it's necessarily the right thing to do. This is bad money. We're less concerned with doing the right thing and more concerned with helping you to try to turn a profit in the stock market so you can do the right thing for whatever that may be. 
There's only one reason I recommend stocks, because I think they'll be good investments. And companies that hire lots of veterans tend to have strong stocks. Hey, you know what? It's actually an amazing correlation the more we dug down. Turns out having a highly trained, highly disciplined, highly focused, highly trustworthy, highly dedicated workforce, who would have thought it? It's good business. Now, we just heard from Kevin Johnson, the CEO of Starbucks, and that's a company that's deeply committed to hiring 10,000 vets and military spouses uh, just over and over and over again. I mean, like 2018, they got their two years ahead of schedule. Last year, Starbucks came out with a new goal, hiring 25,000 vets, military spouses by 2025, got there six years ahead of time. Uh, wow. Going forward, the coffee chain is planning to hire 5,000 more every year. On top of that, Starbucks is offering expanded benefits, and they've opened more than 60 uh, Starbucks military family stores where vets and their families can work, connect, get assistance, transitioning back to civilian life. While Starbucks, the stock, has pulled back from its recent highs. It's got a terrific growth story. I think it's a buy down here. Is it a buy back up the truck buy? Well, the CEO says I trust him. Now, next up. There's J.P. Morgan Chase. That is the massive bank that's made incredible efforts to support veterans. They may be better on this issue than any other company I follow, offering jobs, mortgage-free homes, and career training programs. In 2011, J.P. Morgan, under the leadership of CEO Jamie Dimon, formed a coalition with 10 other companies to create 100,000 jobs for veterans. They got there in 2014. Then they set a new goal, 300,000 jobs. They've blown past that one, too, hiring 550,000 vets since the initiative started. That's working. On its own, J.P. Morgan hired 15,000 veterans since 2011. They've awarded more than 1,050 mortgage-free homes to military families, valued at about $185 million. And they've enrolled 30,000 participants in a free career training program at the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. Oh, and they've also done what you'd normally expect from a bank, helping veterans become entrepreneurs by giving them access to capital. When we reached out to Jamie Dimon for this special show, he told us these brave men and women have outstanding capabilities, great leadership qualities, and demonstrate exceptional teamwork. We're fortunate to have them as colleagues, and we salute them. Do you think it's a coincidence, a coincidence that J.P. Morgan's the best-run bank in America? with a stock that's up more than 30% for the year? I know, I don't think so. Who else deserves mention? When you look at the raw numbers, Kramer Fave Home Depot stands out. They've got 35,000 veterans on the payroll. That's nearly 10% of their workforce. From 2011 through 2025, they'll have spent a half a billion dollars on veteran-related causes. Home Depot knows they can do well by doing good. Incredibly well-run company. Great execution. Stock's still worth owning up here. Disney, last night. Great quarter. More on that later. But it's worth noting that CEO Bob Iger started a major push to employ retired service members in 2012. Uh, communicated with him before this show, told him that I thought it was really important. He told me he's hired more than 10,000 veterans and provided career support for thousands more to other companies. Sure seems to be working out well for Disney and shareholders. That's the stock that was the best gainer in the entire S&P today. Uh, by the way, a lot of that is because they are doing this Disney Plus, and I think it's going to be terrific. How about Southwest Airlines? This whole industry loves military pilots. Southwest has over 8,100 employees who served in the military or are currently actively serving, as well as more than 1,400 military spouses. Those are huge numbers, nearly a sixth of Southwest workforce. The airline's been trading sideways for a while, too much competition and, of course, some problems with Boeing. But lately, they've been gaining attitude, and Southwest in particular has rallied about 20% since mid-August. Gary Kelly, the CEO, has often told me that he wants to hire you because he wants to run the best airline. There are a couple of utilities that have been very good on this front, too. Uh, Southern Company, Exelon, roughly 14% of Southern's new hires are veterans or active military, who now make up 10% of the workforce. Exelon's got a new mandate to fill at least 10% of new hires with military service people, and I've got to tell you, those are high-paying jobs. Walgreen Boots Alliance made a major commitment to hiring vets. They also got a program to fast-track vets for store management positions. Oh, and let's not forget about little pride here, Comcast, parent company of this network. Comcast is one of the founding members of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's Hiring 100,000 Military Spouses campaign. They've committed to employing more than 21,000 members of the military community by 2021. I try not to comment on Comcast because I'm not exactly an impartial observer. But these guys know what they're doing when it comes to this room, to the vets, and to shareholders and customers. The bottom line. I am glad so many companies are making major efforts to hire veterans, both because it's the right thing to do 
but much more importantly, because we're in mad money, it's good business. It's no compromise and not just some patronizing feel-good story. When you look over the firms that have made the largest commitments, their stocks tend to be fantastic performers. This is one of those rare cases when you can do well by doing good. Let's take questions. Yes. Hey, Jim. Uh, my name is Michael Wells. Uh, I'm from Tampa, Florida. Okay. I'm a huge fan of your show. Uh, I just love it. Uh, so Thank in our you. junior year, uh, we each cadet is, has the opportunity to take out the cadet loan, which is a $36,000 loan okay. which, uh, with an extremely low APR. Okay. Uh, I was just wondering, from your opinion, uh, would you recommend taking the loan? And if so, what would be the best uh, line of effort for it? Okay, look, you guys are involved in, uh, I always should say men and women, I'm sorry, uh, old school and wrong. Uh, I think that, that because of the commitment that you have to our country and to, and to what you do, I do think you should invest, but I think you have to do it with an index fund. I mean, I just had, look, if you have some real great insight to have one or two stocks is fine, but the answer is you should absolutely invest because I know that that rate, and that rate is lower than I think you're going to be able to get from a mutual fund that pays good dividends, and that's what you should do. That's how you save money, and I salute you for that, and I don't understand why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't better. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Two, one and two West, uh, wide receivers. Evan's the best wide receiver in the game. What is that all about? Yes. Hi, thank you for having us, Jim. Uh, my name is Jason Schultz from Gurney, Illinois. The question I have for you is with a company called Square. With the ongoing shift in electronic payments, there's great potential for the company, especially with major growth overseas. However, the company has not been part of an economic downturn since it IPO'd. So how do you think it's going to perform, and do you think it's a buy? I like the quarter very much. I thought they put up very good numbers, particularly like Square Cash. I thought that the numbers initially were misunderstood by Wall Street. Stock dropped about a buck and a half they reported, and then it finishes up three. I think the stock goes from 63, maybe goes up to, say, 70, 75. They got rid of cash. That was a very good move. I hate that. I absolutely hate the, the food delivery business. I think it's very smart. The CFO is good. The stock went down ever since the previous CFO left to go to a very good project. I think that you are now able to buy that stock at a discount. Sarah Fryer turned me on the stock. She's the CFO. When it was at 12, I think it goes to 100. Great call. All right. To the brave men and women who fought for our country, thank you and thank you and thank you and thank you to the companies for hiring them. Much more man money ahead. Now that we've made it to the bulk of earnings season, retail is confused as ever. I'm pointing out the one under the radar way to find the winners and losers in the sector. Then we're on duty to help find the key to investing for the long haul when I take questions from the fabulous men and women from U.S. Air Force Academy's Investment Club. Plus, our nation's heroes fire off stock after stock on a special salute to troops edition of the Lightning Round on Kramer's Mad Money. So just give it a Hello, I'm Lieutenant Commander Maldonado with the United States Coast Guard deployed at Camp Lemonade, Djibouti, Africa. I'd like to give a shout out to my wife, my kids, my family. I love you and I miss you very much. Look forward to coming home. I'd like to say happy Veterans Day to all my friends that have served with me and will serve with me in the future. Now that we've made it through the bulk of earnings season, one thing is real clear. Retail is as confused as ever. With big winners, big losers, everything in between. So how do you distinguish between the haves and the have-nots ahead of time? I got an idea. Why not ask the landlords? Last night we spoke to Jim Taylor, the CEO of Bricksmore Properties. That's a real estate investment trust that owns hundreds of open-air shopping centers. That's places where people still shop. Unlike malls, which have become bowling alleys and wastelands. Taylor told us Bricksmore is selective about its anchor tenants, the ones who get the largest pieces of real estate. They want stores that draw traffic to the rest of the complex. And they're happy to let go of anyone who's not doing good business when that lease runs out. When we looked over Bricksmore's top tenants, something jumped out at me. Three of the top seven are off-price chains. They're Kramer Faves, TJX, 
Ross and Burlington stores. In fact, TJ Maxx is their number one tenant. I've been pounding the table in these stocks for ages and ages, and all three have roared higher this year, and I think they're going to continue to roar higher. Look over the other shopping center reach. You know what? You're going to see the same thing. Regency centers typically likes to rely on supermarkets for its anchor tenants, but still has TJX as its top five tenant. In its most recent investor presentation, Regency touted TJX and Ross stores as two of their best tenants that are opening lots of new locations. Federal Realty, our friend Don Wood, FRT, owns lots of mixed-use properties in densely populated urban centers. They call out TJX and Ross as members of their top 25 tenants. Kimco, Strip, Interesting operator, making a lot of money right now, a good occupancy. TJX is their largest tenant, with both Ross and Burlington in the top 15. Kimco also hammered home the point that these off-price chains, they're still expanding. So what makes these companies such great tenants? I think the landlords love them for the same reason customers do. Something like TJX or Ross stores, it's got a treasure hunt atmosphere, where you can search for incredible unmatched deals. The basic business model for these off-price chains is that they buy fancy stuff from department stores that are desperate to unload their old inventory at a huge discount. They've got the cash, and they market it up a bit, and they sell it back to you. That's why shoppers keep coming back. When TJX or Burlington or Ross generates more traffic, that benefits their neighbors in the same shopping center. They are all the winners from the roadkill losers in the mall. This is all about value, people. You simply can't find deals this good online unless you're going to the nascent websites of these very same chains. For people to get up off their couches and actually shop at a physical store these days, you need to offer them something they can't get online. The off-price chains do that, and it is working. Thanks to the strong sales, TJX, Ross stores, and Burlington are all great shape financially. You know landlords love a tenant with good credit. Plus, the off-price chains are expanding. The only thing better than a tenant with good credit is a tenant with good credit who wants to rent more real estate from you. TJX has just over 4,400 stores now. Over time, they plan to have 6,100. Raw stores, 1,800. They're going for 3,000. Burlington has only 700 stores. They want 1,000. Finally, best for last. What really sets the off-price chains apart is their counter-cyclical nature. That's some authentic Wall Street gibberish, meaning they tend to thrive in a weak economy. When times get tough, department stores need to dump more inventory. So sourcing becomes a lot easier for TJX, Ross, Burlington. Meanwhile, cash-strapped consumers start trading down, looking for better bargains, and these are the stores that offer them. Of course, the off-price chains work when times are good, too. This is a fabulous economy for the consumer, and all three of these stocks are on fire. But the fact that they benefit from a slowdown means the landlords can sleep soundly at night. They don't need to worry about a TJ. They don't need to worry about Ross and Burlington going under the next time we have a recession. Let me give you a little more color in each one. TJX? TJX is the top dog. It's the parent of TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, and Home Sense. This stock's given us a 17% gain since I recommended it after a major sell-off in May. And it's up 32% year-to-date. Company reports in a week and a half, I do expect excellent numbers. TJX has the off-price business down to a science. Ross stores, the parent of Ross Dress for Less, and Didi's discounts, lot smaller than TJX, but just as well run. Stocks up 34% for the year. Company's growing rapidly for a brick-and-mortar retailer. They have roughly 1,780 stores, and at the current pace, they're opening about 100 new ones per year. Ross reports a couple weeks. I like it going to the quarter, not as much as TJX. Last but not least, Burlington Stores is a little different. It has the same off-price model, but it's the smallest of three. It's more of a turnaround story. The company's gotten much better at managing inventory. The merchandise flies off the shelves much faster than they used to. Full disclosure, we own Burlington for my travel trust. And this week, we did a little trimming because the stock just had a huge run from 181, from 191 to 202 in a couple of days. I still believe in Burlington. I predict strong results when it reports later this month. But I also believe in discipline. My discipline tells me you need to take something off the table after a major rally. The stocks of these off-price chains are much cheaper than they should be, and that's in part because, because people on Wall Street wouldn't be caught dead in a TJ Maxx. They wouldn't. Not me. I just got a nice pair of slacks for 17 bucks that were at Macy's for 40 Hey, how do you think I got rich in the first place? Thanks to the snobbery, TJX trades at 21 times next year's earnings, Ross at 22 times next year's earnings, and Burlington at 24 times. That's a bargain when you consider the earnings growth they have. Let me give you the bottom line here, okay? 
The bottom line is, maybe the best way to determine who's a good retailer is to listen to the landlords. The Shopping Center Real Estate Investment Trust love, love, love TJX, Ross, and Burlington. So maybe, therefore, you should, too. Mad Money is back after the break. Hi, I'm Ryan Essen. I'm a Kinseiko deployed at Camp Lemonier in Djibouti, Africa. I'd like to give a shout-out to my friends and family in Thousand Oaks, California. I love you and miss you all. I'd also like to thank all the veterans for watching this for your service. Air Force Academy. That's right, take your questions. Rapid fire. You say the name is Tucker. I tell you to buy by buy something else. Just be learning how to call the question when you run. You have a step in the right step in the way that we get play the sound until you hear. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? It's time for an Air Force lightning round. Tristan from Alabama. Tristan. Sir, my question is uh, how do you play the payment space? Uh, MasterCard, for example. MasterCard is a stock. It should be at 300. That is mass grading. It's a 274 stock. I thought it was AJ Bonga did a fantastic job with that quarter. He's the CEO. And I want you to... Bye, bye, bye! Yes! Hey, Jim. I'm Mitch Schreider from California. What do you think of LSCC? LSCC? What's he's semiconductor? Oh, 200% oh, you know what? That is incredible. No, that's an incredibly interesting situation. Yeah. And I actually want to buy it. Do you think I can stay independent? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. Yes. Sir, my question is, with Nike's leadership changes, how do you think this will affect the stock? Which one? I'm sorry. With Nike's leadership changes? Nike? Do you know that there's an article in the New York Times saying it suggested Mark Parker may have had to leave because of the uh, what happened with the women athletes? I don't think that's true. I do like John Donahoe very much. Uh, Nike at $90, I think it's a buy. Okay? Yes. That's the new CEO, John Donna. He's from service now. You did a good job there. Yes, sir. Hey, Jim. Uh, Obi from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. From f- where? Philadelphia. <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts on uh, Beyond Meat? All right, so Beyond Meat's really hard because, you know, look, it's at 83. Ethan Brown is very committed. I think it's going to trade between 70 and 80, 70 and 80, until we get a couple of really big contracts, like a huge Kroger contract or the McDonald's contract. So now you're all depending on McDonald's saying that that test of 20 stores in Canada is going to be a winner, and I think it will be. I know it's contrary to most of my beliefs that it's an expensive stock, but I actually like Ethan Brown and what he's doing. What's the key ingredient in a hamburger, Beyond Meat hamburger? What's the biggest key ingredient? Cellulose made by DuPont. Better living through chemistry. Hey, Jim. William Drubio from Long Island, New York. Okay. My question is, this outdoor, should I buy a nine and a half? No, no, no. Just not enough mojo. Come on. I mean, like, we're going to be in that media book by Disney if you want to be a big entertainment complex. Yes. Hey, Jim. Jonathan Imperial from Wapta, Washington. Okay. Um, any thoughts on Microsoft going forward? I think Microsoft's up. One of the reasons why the, why the uh, NASDAQ was up so much today was because Microsoft really broke out. I think that Satya Nadell is doing a fantastic job. I think that the Azure, uh, absolutely, the Azure, uh, their data center is on fire. I like that stock going at least to 150 very, very quickly. Stay along that one. Hey, Jim, Matt Anderson from Forward, Indiana. What are your thoughts on Steel Dynamics? Steel Dynamics, why? Why? I mean, I don't even like, you know, Nucor is the one you have to own, and the yield's good, and they're going to keep boosting the deal. But I, but I do not like steel. And I don't like steel because despite the protection tariffs, prices went down. So I think you got to stay away from steel dynamics. Please stay away from steel dynamics. Thanks. And they're nice people. Hello, sir. McKenzie Neckneckie from Suwannee, Georgia. I was wondering your thoughts on companies like Illumina. Illumina? Uh, DNA sequencing companies. I, I, I think Illumina's great. But here's the pecking order, okay? First is Danaher. Okay, because they have a, they've made a great acquisition from GE. Next, I would buy Thermo. Okay, uh, Thermo Fisher TMO. Mark Casper does a great job, and only then would I buy a woman. Okay, so that's number three on that list. Danner's going to have a really good quarter. Yes. Hi, Jim. Cole Coppers from Elwood, Indiana. How, you How do you feel about Ford? Which one? Ford. Ford. Sir. Oh, it's such a tough one. 
This isn't the quarter. They can't do it. They have got to find a way to get back in China, uh, make it profitable. They got to slim down Latin America. Uh, I still think they're committed to the dividend, but I cannot recommend that stock, and I will not recommend that stock. Hi, sir. Chandler Gerhold from Fargo, North Dakota. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on Alibaba. You know what? Alibaba is the only Chinese stock that I possibly buy. Remember, we've got Singles Day coming up. They're going to have a monster Singles Day. The Chinese created that holiday as a way to be able to stimulate their own economy. Hey, there's no accounting for Chinese communists. And I think Alibaba is going to have a very good number. I will recommend that stock despite the trade war. No other Chinese stock I recommend because their financials are opaque. Yes. Hey, Jim, this is Jim McCollum from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. I'm wondering what you think about Tesla. Uh, about a month ago, I bought it for $232, and now it's at $337. That's a good buy. Now, I, you know, I, I think Tesla's got, they made some very good numbers last time. The shorts are telling me, Jim, please don't hurt people with Tesla. But you're right. That They actually produce a lot of cars, and they got the China deal coming. So I understand why you want to do that. It's a nice spec at your age. Same as Beyond Me. Same as Beyond Me. Uh, uh, no, one more, one more. I'm thinking one more. Yes, Tom, I love you. I listen to no one other than, well, okay, my wife. Go ahead. Hey, Jim, thank you. My name's Tommy. I'm from Niwot, Colorado, and I'd like to ask your opinion on Workday. Workday and Neil Bushry, I think he's going to have a good quarter after that last quarter when he rolled your expectations. That's a buy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. Hi, I am BMC Wendy Rudolph. Deploy at Camp Lemony in Djibouti, Africa. I'd like to give a shout out to my husband and children back in Castro Valley, California. I love you and miss you all. I also like to thank all the veterans watching this. Thank you for your service. talking with some of the brightest and most courageous men and women at the Air Force Academy, but we're not done yet. We're keeping the questions coming with members of the Investment Club. I'm telling you, these cadets have big things ahead of them, and it's my honor to keep passing along investing strategies to help them win on Wall Street, too. So let's get started. Hello, I'm Sam Pisney from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'd like to give you my pitch on Micron Technologies, and I'd love for you to tear it apart. Um, Micron's CEO is Sanjay Mahotra, who has over 30 years of experience in the semiconductor industry. 64% of Micron's revenues come from the sale of DRAM, and 32% come from the sale of NAND. Micron's price-to-cash flow ratio, using the average cash flow from the previous four years, is 4, which is substantially lower than industry peers. Its price-to-earnings ratio, again using average earnings from the previous four years, is 9, which is also substantially lower, indicating that Micron is undervalued. Micron has a current ratio of 2.5 and a debt-to-equity ratio of 13%, indicating that its balance sheet is healthy and it has low debt levels. Its return on invested capital is 15, which is on par with other right. um, semiconductor manufacturers. Uh, the two biggest headwinds I see facing Micron um, today are China, uh, trade war tensions with China and DRAM pricing. I think both of these are going to blow over in the long term. And in, the, in conclusion, I think Micron is a strong company that is undervalued at its current price and has an adequate margin of safety to qualify it as a worthy investment. I think you're completely right about every bit of that. Sanjay is a genius. Sanjay wants to buy as much stock as he can. He typically doesn't want to buy until 41, 42. Remember when it bottomed after the quarter and it stopped right there, 41? That was Sanjay buying the stock. I absolutely think, you know, you were selling at five times earnings right then. I think Nan's bottom already. I actually think that DRAM is going to bottom in Q1. I know I got that from Lam Research. The KLA 10 core doesn't disagree with me. I'm not that worried about the Chinese tension. I think you got horse sense. That's a great call. Thank you, sir. Jim. Great call. Great call. Jim Kitregeer from Heston, Kansas. So finance and AI are becoming inseparable. So how are we seeing the integration of AI into trading affect markets? How, how, how will it affect trading? Yes. Or how does the integration of AI into trading, high-frequency trading, um, even fund management affect the dynamics of you markets? You know, it's an interesting question. And I think that what's going to happen is, is that, I mean, I, I know Goldman's possessed by that. Uh, absolutely possessed by it. And it's, if you wanted to know who's doing the most on it, it would be Goldman. Uh, they're convinced that it's a definitive edge. 
But, you know, a lot of these guys don't want to talk about the edge. So otherwise, other than Goldman, I'm not so sure. And I was an alumnus of Goldman. But I know that they're very committed. Uh, IBM would tell you they are. Uh, IBM's difficult because of the integration of Red Hat. Uh, I, it's not, to me, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't think it's an investable thesis. I really don't. If I want AI, I want NVIDIA, plain and simple. I want Jensen Wong. I see big numbers, and I see the closing of the Mellanox deal if we get any cessation of tension with China. Yes. Hey, Jim. Austin Faulkner, Kailua, Hawaii. My question was, we talked about Disney releasing their streaming service next week. Sure. But what's your outlook on Netflix moving forward? Okay, I think Netflix is a problematic situation because I think that the last sign-ups were not that good. I do believe there's a lot of people going to be sampling these other services. It depends on how much money you think the money is going to spend. They're going to spend $100 a month. It's going to have to, get, have to happen. The Netflix sign-ups overseas are still good. I, look, I, put, I created Fang, and I had N in it. Uh, and I've been feeling very queasy about having N in it in the last two quarters. Thank you. Yes. Hey, Jim. Big fan. Thank you. Uh, Midshipman Second Class, Robert Pekarik. I'm an exchange student from the Naval Academy. Excellent. And my question is, uh, what do you think the effect of climate change will be on the market? And given that change, how should we invest? Okay, so uh, the late Jerry Fishman, uh, there was a guy who ran Travers. And he wouldn't write insurance along the coast because of this global warming. Against it, we know that there's certain people who think it's a political issue. Uh, it is really hard to not be really bearish on every insurance company with global warming. So what I would say is that's my concern. Uh, I can't necessarily make money off of it. Natural gas is good but not great, right? Uh, what you really need is solar, but first, solar is not a great enough company for me to recommend. So I struggle with how to make money. I know how to lose money, which is to own an insurance company. It's smart to think that, though. Thank you. Yes. Hey, Jim, I'm Nolan. Yo, just a second. You guys are really smart. You know that? You're really smart. I did a lot of colleges. Most of the times it's like, hey, so what do you think? Hey. <laughs> you got to say it. No, it's like, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, the soap stocks or something? I don't know. Go ahead. Um, I'm Nolan Penoyer from Syracuse, New York. As student loan debts increase with each passing year, what effect do you think, if any, will this have on the market in the future? 3D? There's only one play. It's uh, Hewlett-Packard. It's HP. And I just met with the 3D people who are really good. Uh, I don't want DDD. I don't want any of the other guys. The only one. Now they're two years away. It's very hard to do. But it's industrial 3D, and that's what's going to make money. I like the stock anyway. I don't think they're going to buy Xerox. Booyah, Jim. My name is Xavier Bresniak, and I'm from Hanover, Pennsylvania. What do you have to say to the bears who have been sounding the alarm over the yield curve inversion? What, the guys were worried about the only... Here's what I have to say. They were wrong. They were wrong. They scared millions of people out of stocks. For some reason, there are people who can come on air. I call them the Armageddonists. They are negative. They They hate the president. Hate him or like him. I don't care. That's not my job. But they seem to have a bias against hope. And I think if you have a bias against hope, you shouldn't invest. Because hope includes, because I believe in progress, I believe that things can work out in life, and I believe that Jay Powell would see that yield curve and he would cut rates, in the meantime, loans would go back up, and that whole time people lost fortunes. I just wasn't willing to believe in them, and our people who watch this show made money. Thank you very much. All right, I want to thank you to the United States Air Force Academy. I am humbled and honored to be here with all of you. I mean it when I say you are a true inspiration. I want to thank you for your service and thank you to veterans everywhere. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. And I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Man Money. I'm Jim Kramer and I will see you like they just learned something. We have journalists in the far corners of the universe. I can't wait to get all of those resources under one hour long newscast where we can deliver the facts of the day clearly and concisely in context and with perspective and tell people what's happening, what it all means. Get the truth, not the spin. The News with Shepard Smith. Subscribe to the podcast today.